From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 241, and today I'm joined by film composer Stephen Kreklow, who's worked with me on some of my films, like James vs. His Future Self, as well as festival programmer for Indie Film Festival, Dan Moore. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down vicariously uh, to watch Scream, the original Scream. I'm Jeremy, and I have seen this film a lot of times. So many times, I don't think it's been a while since I've watched it. And I'm going to watch it with my son, too. So I'm super excited to see how he reacts, because he's never really watched horror films either. Um, anyway, so I've seen it many times, and I'm here with Steve. I'll get you to introduce uh, My name is Steve Kreklow. I, I've scored uh, three of Jeremy's films now, and uh, I'm a film composer. And, uh, you know, and, I, I love working in movies, but I haven't seen many movies. And you haven't seen, and you haven't seen Scream. I have not seen Scream. Scream. I don't know why I haven't seen Scream. Like I, I, I would have still been watching a lot, a lot of movies when it came out. And I, I think it's just, I'm, I'm scared of horror films. <laughs> oh, and even though you're, you've scored horror films, though, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I have. You know, but you know it's coming. Uh, yeah, and al- and also, also with us is. Hello, uh, Dan Moore. I'm uh, the executive director of the Indie Film Fest, Indie with a Y in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. And I, too, have not seen Scream before. I'm not really sure how that <laughs> happened either, other than like based on when it came out. Like It was in between high school and college for me, and I didn't have a car, so I, probably, I wasn't seeing many movies around then. But Interesting. Yeah, it surprised me more that you hadn't seen it. When Stephen, yeah, I kind of right. wasn't shocked by, but... Uh, yeah, it is because this came out in what, 94? 95? I thought it was 96. 96, maybe. It was the mid 90s anyway. So yeah, I was, yeah. I remember I saw this on videotape because everyone was like, everyone in my, I was 14, I was born in 81. So I was like 15 probably at the time in high school. And my sister brought it home because some of her friends had talked about it. And I wasn't really into horror films either because I have a weird history with horror, which I, I've talked about in the podcast many times and don't need to get into. I basically had I was basically tortured by a, a, an older teenage sibling who loved horror films and just decided to, like, torture me with making me scared that my sister was being attacked and whatnot. And so it really I just was scared of those films on a weird way. So it took me a long time to get around to watching them all in my adulthood. But anyway, but Scream uh i saw and i became, i loved it i probably watched it like the, the year it came, I, I went and bought my own copy and probably watched it more than any other film the year that i discovered it 
and yeah, I just checked it's 96. So that, yeah, that, uh, my, my remembrance of reasoning was, was, was sound on that. I feel like, like I said, I haven't seen it, but I feel like I will now, I feel like I've probably seen references to it, enough references that I've seen the film. I mean, it's, it's, been, Maybe. you know, referred or, you know, such a classic that, that I imagine that a lot of things will look familiar, but. Yeah. So what do you know about the film? I'll ask both of you this. Besides um, the the title, obviously, and it's probably you probably know West, the West Craven connection. Yeah, I th- what I know about the movie is that it's uh, okay. It's West Craven basically doing a horror film that also kind of makes fun of horror films, and it's a bit self deprecating. I know there's a mask involved, and I know that it was parodied in a whole other series of movies that I have not seen either. <laughs> I have seen one of the scary movies. But uh, I don't even remember which one. Though. Yeah. Yep. Similarly, I know that there's a mask and there, there's a there's a phone and a house, and that's that's really all I. Oh God, I'm so excited that you don't. <laughs> that's so exciting for me, for to go into this because it's it's one of those movies that I'm sure you may. Uh, it's just one of those movies that if the ending's ruined, it it just really sucks going into it if you know the ending to the movie, because uh, it it does have a lot of fun with twists and turns. So it just means I get to get a real honest reaction of whether or not you guys were shocked by anything or surprised by anything. It's so very exciting. It's like taking a time capsule. <laughs> no, but it's great. This is this is my pure joy of this podcast is like watching people discover things for the first time. It's the, it's the easiest way for me to revisit something for the first time. Um, and especially, and that's why I'm, I was so excited to be able to watch it, my, to convince my son to watch because I don't get to see your reactions live to certain things. So I'll have to, we'll have to get them after, but uh, I don't want to say too much because um, it's, I hope you also don't hope you don't hate it because I love it so much, but if you do hate it, that's okay. And we'll dig into that. We just won't come back afterwards. We'll just, no, uh, <laughs> I'm busy. Sorry. No, <laughs> that's how we'll know. Um, yeah. So, so no pressure on liking it, but, uh, but it is definitely one of those films that was kind of, I also just, I think what I loved about it too, was it was that genre mashup. And I think I've mentioned on the podcast too in the past that it's like I had a weird upbringing where my my uncle just had was one of those people that had two VCRs and just when he'd rent movies he'd copy them over, uh, and so he had tapes full of just like random movies and there wasn't like he like put three Back to the Future movies on one tape so it was cohesive like on a tape could be like a really broad comedy a western and then like a slasher film and I would just grab tapes. And just watch them from beginning to end. And so I've grown up with a love of like genre mashes. Um, so I think this one probably hit me in the sweet spot because of that too. And also because I was probably like Steve is like, I, I, I was scared by horror movies as a child. And so having one that was kind of comedy too made it made me feel like I could be part of the cool kids who were into horror. Well, high praise. And that, that I'm really excited to watch it now because of that. Uh, and I didn't know it was sort of a, genre mashup and i i mean comedy is sort of my favorite uh so can't wait it's that more it... i i don't want to like make you think it's like super okay. it's not a parody but it definitely it's right. meta i would go i'd say it's more meta than it is like parody but okay. without giving too much away i'm gonna stop talking i'm just gonna ruin things because i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna stop yammering we're gonna watch the movie and we'll be right back Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So we just finished. And 
Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I, I loved it. I didn't avoid coming back. So yeah, I loved it. Oh yeah, you're both here. That's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, before, <laughs> before we went to farm, my one, my son wanted to. My son Steve, you'll enjoy this. My son Howard was like, "This is an amazing score." Yeah. It was, it was incredible. Like I had no problem. Like I'm usually very picky about like, ah, they came in too early or, 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 uh, they're too big, too fast, but like, like what's wrong with that score? That score is amazing. Yeah. And they, and it's funny because anyway, I'll, I'll let you guys talk cause I can go on and on, but I think what I, I, I appreciate the score, especially watching it this time was, uh, just how smart it is. Like it's, it's restrained, but also like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mind going in with the stings, but it does it in really interesting ways. Like it doesn't always like do like a jump cut uh, with the sting. Like always, sometimes it's often on reactions of faces, right? That is where they throw those stings in. Totally, and and, and where they use where they use like hardened cues on a jump cut. It's 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 usually something that startles you just by being a different scene, and like all of a sudden there's. There's a source track in there's some needle drop in there. And, and that's kind of like, Whoa, <laughs> where did that come from? But uh, yeah, I'm always a fan of when score is on the action rather than on the editing. So let me, let me I'm going to let you, uh, Dan, tell us, tell us your thoughts on your initial thoughts before we get nerdy and geek out further. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just, uh, it was it was nothing of what I hoped it would be because I, I certainly did not have a good impression going in. I like I thought it was going to be kind of a corny movie, uh, and it was like it was good and it was legit scary at the beginning, which uh, which kind of surprised me. Even even when you knew exactly when things were going to happen, it was still startling, and I, I, thought, I was I was surprised at how well that worked, especially for something that was you know in 1996. Now, yeah, it's 25 uh, 25 years old now. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not a, uh, aficionado of the genre, but, uh, it, uh, it, it worked for me really, really well. I can see, I can see why, uh, why I'm one of the few people who hasn't seen it yet. But I think that's why, um, this movie worked so well when it came out and why it became such a huge hit because it wasn't, it was, it was made both for people who were horror aficionados because it has so many inside jokes and references Mm -hmm. and so meta, but also, it's light enough. Like it's not super gory. Like the kill count is only five people, six, if you count the mother who died a year earlier, but the kill count's low, you know? So it, it's meant to, it's, it's light horror in, in a weird way. It's meant to like appease a casual movie goer, but also appease like a hardcore horror fan because it has all those like jokes and, and comments on it. Right. I, I like that, the, that some of the references and jokes weren't, weren't over the top they weren't taking away from it like i think wasn't it uh i, I think i looked up afterwards i think it was wes craven wearing the freddy yeah uh the freddy shirt as yeah, a we- as a janitor and yeah wes craven plays freddy <laughs> i thought that was hilarious um i i mean I, I as as someone who grew up with you know like in the 80s first choice super channel was sort of like how i experienced movies as a child you know, staying up late, watching all those, you know, 80s sort of slasher things. Like, you know, I definitely, you know, it, it, it caught me in the feels as sort of a love letter to to that style of movie, which is like, you know, as someone who, you know, uh, has a painful black hole in their film watching sort of 
place. Like I, I, it, it really spoke to me in that way, but also like, yeah, like what you're saying about it being a, like very meta, like it seemed like that was like an important sort of distinction of that because it was maybe one of the first big budget things to make fun of itself in that way. And to just sort of like, you know, it, it, it adds this sense of, uh, dis-ease uh, or like un- uneasiness throughout the whole thing because you never know when they're going to pull out the rug from under you. Yeah, I'd be curious. I don't know the actual answer to that. If it's if it's like the first bigger budget kind of studio movie that was a parody, but not in the way that like Airplane is like not yeah. like straight up parody. It also it, it was the genre it was parodying, but also had fun with it. You know, and keep commentating. Yeah, it was commentating on it more, but it was still being a movie within that genre, right? Because it'd be so easy. Like, can you you can imagine a version of this movie where you know Kevin Williamson writes a script and they give it to someone who is more like a, more a comedy filmmaker, right? And they and they push it in this other direction. But instead, can you imagine how much he must have nerded out when Wes Craven signed on to do this movie? You know, you Wes they, Carpenter. Wes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. But just imagine how excited that must have been and how much of that must have just informed the movie going, we're going to make a real like horror slasher movie, but it's still going to comment on, you know, and, 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 and subsequently reinvented or brought fresh, fresh blood, you know, pun intended to, to the genre and reinvent, you know, th- so after this, we have like, I know what you did last summer and all these other, like, you know, all these, and all these other old, um, franchises start getting rebooted um and it creates a whole new like just energy and breath for for the horror genre again right yeah absolutely um, I, I think it's what? some of that commentary some of the 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 self-reference of the genre too helped to uh, uh disguise who who the killer or killers were too because they're like i think you like you set up uh, uh in in the intro there's so many uh, distractions and, and misdirections that um, I, 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 I was pretty sure I knew who one of them was, but I did not see the two of them were. And you know. yeah, let's talk about that. So who, so what were your theories throughout the movie? First of all, before we get into that, did you know what you, did you know any of the cast going in? Who they were? I think, yeah, I think I had, I think I was aware of who most of them were except uh uh, well, I didn't know the Fonz was going to be in this, and, and killing him was—that that was a step too far. You can't you can't kill Henry Winkler like that. You can't gut him and hang him up from a goalpost. That's that's just not right. Yeah, I I did not see the Fonz. Uh, I, I had no idea about the Fonz, and also like I always just knowing about the movie just from a distance. I'm like, oh yeah, Drew Drew Barrymore is in it. I didn't know she dies in the first scene. <laughs> And neither did the audience, right? You gotta, you gotta remember when this movie comes out in 1996. Nev Campbell's on Party of Five. Courtney Cox is known for Friends. Like this yeah. is like their first big movie too. The two of them, I believe. Drew Barrymore is the movie star in this movie. She's the only real movie star of this movie, and they kill her off in the opening scene. And the way they marketed the movie and did posters and trailers and everything, it made it look like she was one of the main characters. So imagine being like the op- you know the audience in the opening weekend going to see this movie that they think Drew Barrymore is the star of. You know what what it does for the moviegoers is it instantly tells you 
All bets are off. Anyone could fuck. Anyone could be the killer. Anyone could die. Don't get comfortable. Yeah. As soon as that happened, I'm like, okay, this is going to be smart. This is like strap in. Like I'm invested in this. Like, yeah. Well, to the point, cause my son doesn't know like the sequels or doesn't know who carries over into the next movie. Right. So as soon as like the killer shows up at Sydney's house, you know, he's like, Oh shit, they're just burning through these girls. You know, he was <laughs> for him. He was right, right caught up in it. And he was just so into like the whole time he was just like getting closer to me and closer to me. Uh, there's the, the, the moment when, um, she's in the police car and, uh, and he disappears and then the, uh, the, the lock goes up. He's went, Jesus Christ. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and he was doing that, like that typical thing. He was like, don't do that. Go up there. He was like narrating his, his <laughs> what they should do. It was so much fun to watch with him. He made uh, a comment that made me feel very old. He's like, how would the killer get their numbers? I was like, well, what do you mean how they get their numbers? It's like, well, if he doesn't know or know them, I was like, well, they get him the phone book. He's like, I'm sorry, what's a phone book? I was like, oh, you're <laughs> right, of a different generation. He didn't quite say it like that. I'm, I'm like interested, but, but, but there was, conf- yeah, he's just listening over there. But there was some confusion over that. And then I realized, oh, you're of like a different era where how would you get someone, like, you wouldn't even know to look some, like, have a book. What do you mean a book? Came in the mail, you know, a giant book of everyone's number. Like, that sounds insane now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we used to print print these giant books with everyone's number. <laughs> what of my privacy? Yeah. And you had to pay to not be in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what you also had to pay for that would be a missed reference would be 900 numbers. That was another reference there that yeah, I'm not going to... Yeah. So anyway, what were your theories watching the movie as, in terms of the killers are? So anyway, this is the uh, usual caveat I don't make, but spoilers for those who haven't seen the movie, maybe stop now, watch it, and then come back for the rest of this conversation. I already spoiled something. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> if, I, I, if you're listening to a podcast about people talking about a movie and you haven't seen it, that's your own damn fault. I think that's true. I agree. I think that's true too. Um, I thought it was going to be the reporter. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm like, who Who could it never be? The reporter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was convinced it was David Arquette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, oh, he's that's, a, that's all an act and he's doing it because yeah. everyone just mocks him. You know, I was convinced that. And especially when, because then in the scene before when they're like, oh, you never say I'll be right back. And then Gail says it and goes out for them. I was like, oh, bad move. Uh-huh. Uh, Dan, what was your... I, I mean, I, I probably thought everybody was at one point or another. Well, that's what the um, movie wants you to do, right? Yeah, yeah. So I definitely, I definitely fell for that. Um, I did think it was the, I did think it was the, the, the boyfriend for a long time, even though it was, you know, the misdirection and all that. But um, yeah, I, think I, I almost legitimately thought it was everybody except for Henry Winkler. <laughs> but then they have that great <laughs> where he's wearing it, and you're, and for a second you're like, well, that's right. true. Yes, that's true. And even well, for- there are lots of just tiny little things like uh, the, the the costume, the name of the costume uh, on the packaging was ghost, something like ghost face, father think, right? death or something oh, like yeah. that. Father which, death. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, well, maybe that's a little clue that it's the father. It actually is the father. But yeah, I, don't, I, I did not realize that it could have been two people just because I wasn't thinking well about it. But that, and- that probably would have I probably would have figured it out a little bit more beforehand if i'd been thinking that way but the movie just like it's so enjoyable that you don't mm-hmm. stop and because i asked my son I'm like did you have any serious stories like no i was just in for it like he didn't he's like i was kind of thinking here and there but he didn't have any solid 
thoughts because he was just wrapped up in, in the enjoyment of it, right? Which is, I think, why the ending usually gets most people. And Steve, did you? What about you? Did you think there was two killers? I ne- never in a million years would I've guessed that. But I, I did kind of think like, well, what if everyone did it? Or like, what if like there's like hmm. ten different ones? But I didn't think it would just be like a team of two. You know, like yeah. And and it's smart too the way that and that's why I think this movie did that was smart that hadn't really been done before is having uh-huh. two because you just go oh you're just super used to being one killer like the iconic killer like the, and because even and the movie does that too it tricks you like it make it, they talk about Michael and Jason and Freddie and all these mm-hmm. and they they keep on like pounding on one oh, killer yeah. one killer one killer right so it's almost training you to think a certain way so that way it can bury its misdirect. Well, you'll see movies where there's a couple that's doing it too, and I, th- I think it was. I, don't, I didn't recognize any intentional clues that 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 it was one of the other couples in the film, but no, it's about the only time you'd see two people doing it. Yeah, and what I like about the interactions they have, like Stu and and him, are like not they don't come off as best pals either. Like he's mm-hmm. Billy's Billy's constantly annoyed by what yeah. Stu's saying, and uh, and Stu's just a goofball, right? He's kind of the idiot. But even I like. Anyway, um, but what I love about him, I think of them saying, I was like, this guy's not like very good at it, <laughs> what he's doing. And I'm like, yeah, but he shouldn't. And that's what I love too. I love that he's like constantly eating shit and like getting hit and falling down. And it's like, yeah, he's not, he's not the brightest. He's not great at this. Like, and you get to see that in the end when all comes up and uh, like they make mistakes constantly because they're not that bright. You know, they were never going to get away with this probably. <laughs> Um, and and, and that's what. Well, that's just it. Like the you know the, just the fact that they turn away and she gets away. Like I, I it, normally that would piss me off in a movie because I'm like, why would they do that? And I'm like, right, because routinely we've yeah. seen them not be that bright. You know, hmm. and even really because because uh, you have to think. You know, if you're thinking of this from a real point of view and not just a meta movie, it's like and going through the like the plot points of what happens. Like Billy, the killer gets caught right away. He's in jail. The mm-hmm. next day, uh, but and the only thing that saves them is the fact that no one thinks that there could be two people, right? Like, and and you and you got to think from like the real point of view is like he was he didn't go in that house to scare Sydney that night. He was going to try to kill her, right? And he and she got away, so they had to like on the fly figure out what to do, and then and then he gets caught, right? So realistically, that was the, that's kind of the end of the movie, and if if Stu doesn't figure out what's going on and bail him out. Right. Ah. So it's like a shorter movie, but that's it. But they are constantly fucking up the entire Mm. movie and having to cover for themselves. But it just keeps working. Yeah. I kind of need to see it again now that you've mentioned that because I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Well, that's just like, yeah, watching this time, I was really trying to watch it through their point of view and going, okay, if this is real and it's not a movie, that I'm just uh-huh. watching for fun, and the writers are just doing this stuff to entertain me. How are the mechanics of this working, knowing that it's two idiots that do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, they got caught right away. That's awesome. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then they and then they kind of bumble their way out of it by happenstance, right? Um, and just get lucky. But also, it's like you know, the police force isn't the greatest. Like De- Dewey's the deputy, so it's, yeah, right. it's, a, it's a bumbling small town, you know. So I, I, I always appreciate it when movies, when characters are are doing the smartest thing, right? And what I appreciate yeah. in this movie is they let you know right away that these characters are not the smartest people, so they're going to make mistakes and and goof up. Like I love, 
I never really appreciated it. This is the first time I really appreciated it was that scene when it's Dewey and the older cop outside and he's smoking and Dewey's just like licking the ice cream cone. And he's, he's self-conscious about it for about two seconds where he realizes what's going on, but then he just owns it. And he's, <laughs> licking, he's like licking it thoughtfully. And I don't think I ever appreciated the, the, the comic genius of that the first couple of times I watched it. Hmm. Uh, yeah it, it it gives them a, such a good out to uh you know do all this hijinks but just by defining these killers as idiots and just like not great at their job and 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 now that you mention it like i kind of want to see the version of the movie like from their point from, of view from their point yeah <laughs> that's my son was like he's like you should make that movie that's from the, the killer like the rosencrantz and guildenstern version of of scream yeah <laughs> so what did he think of the, the movie as a whole he loved it he really really enjoyed it like he was nervous going in he kept on, he was like is this gonna be super scary is this gonna mess me up and i was like i don't think so it's more fun and his mom who does not like movies like this at all she had seen it and she's like it's not that bad so she she signed off on it nice um think another thing i appreciated is towards the end when they were slowly you know, they're kind of revealing who it couldn't be by showing people getting getting stabbed and, and running around and so forth. And even then, like narrowing it down, I still didn't quite get it. Well, that, uh, what was going then, on right the, until the until the actual reveal, because it was so well, well orchestrated. Yeah. Well, there's even that great moment where both Stu and Randy are racing towards the door going, it's him. It's him. And you're like, your brain. I remember the first time oh, I thought yeah. my brain was going, well, I guess it has to be one of them. But which one is it? And she's closing the door on them. Whoever's not, it's going to kill the other one. Like, I just love that. <laughs> Fuck both of you. And slams the door, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just easy. Because it's like, and luckily we're in good hands. So even when, you know, the, the characters aren't that bright, the writers are. And the filmmakers are. So they're constantly pulling us in just different directions. Uh, I love that. Like, I think what I love the most is just that whole ending when the plan's revealed and you just get to see them be fucking idiots and Matthew Lillard is kind of over the top and silly and corny, but he has so many great moments, especially as he's dying. Like my favorite part <laughs> is like, as he's dying, he's like, I think you got, it's too deep. I think you got it. <laughs> I'm dying here. <laughs> yeah. My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> Cause that's the kind of scene that you've seen a bunch of times. Well, I don't know about then, but you know, at least since then where you've got killers, hurting each other to or other people to, to to cover up something or hurting themselves and like you don't usually see it go too far like that and they just kind of start start going crazy well they're getting mad at each other. well the one the yeah, one thing yeah. that bothers me about the movie a little bit where i'm like i think they're smarter than this is the idea is like why wouldn't they do all the stuff they said they were going to do and then start stabbing each other it's like it mm-hmm. feels like if you're wounded yeah. it's going to be harder to kill her and the dad maybe do that and then like, i can't imagine if you do it within a couple minutes of each other, the amount of blood you lose is arbitrary for like the cops to figure out if they're pinning it on you. I just like, like do this stuff while you're able bodied and then start stabby, stabby game. Yeah. But then so what you're, you're saying need, is you're sorry. Good. You're going to need another knife. Wouldn't you like, like don't they, for some I reason, don't know. they had multiple costumes, multiple voices, all these things, but it seemed like they only had one knife. Cause like, yeah. the knife. No, you give me like, they had to share the knife, even though. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're learning, from horror movies. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Have a backup knife. <laughs> Remember, kids. <laughs> well, that's interesting, too, because I because this was around that time when, and, and I think the movie was, you know, very 
consciously making a comment on this, it was around that time of like video games are poisoning kids and you know Grand mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto was out around this time, right? With mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was big making big splash and ideas like are is is media poisoning our, our kids' minds and and they use that as the the killer's you know pseudo motivation anyway, right? And all the way to the point of like literally killing Stu with a television. You know, it's, it's no, it's like no accident. They actually use that to kill Stu. I don't think, right? It's, I think it's very intentional. Um, I think you're right. But it's interesting, yeah. like looking at it, like from because that conversation is now 25 years old, and I think we've all gotten past it, right? Uh, and and I love that quote that is um, Skeet Ulrich's quote in the movies: "That movies don't make people psychos. Movies make psychos more creative." <laughs> I was like, I think that's. And really, I think that's the thesis of the movie from that argument. They're, they're basically saying it's like if you're if you're you're not going to watch a movie and decide you want to kill somebody, you already had those feelings, and all the yeah. movie did was give you some ideas. <laughs> and I, was like, I think that's a pretty fair assessment that that you know movies amplify those feelings and thoughts or video games or whatever, but it's like it doesn't create them from somebody that never had them. No, it, it it's 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 like. It's entertainment. <laughs> um, I guess even killers need to be entertained. Um, and, and, you know, like, uh, hopefully they'll be so overburdened by choice that they, they, they can't even pick which way they want to do it with all the great horror movies. <laughs> well, especially now. In the catalog right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... So after this, like I, my the entire series is, is 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 a black hole for me. Like, should I watch them in order, or should I mix up the order? Is there like a? Oh, I would watch them in order just because okay. why not, right? I think especially the second one because my son was always like, "What happens in the second one?" Uh, and it's the first. I here's the thing without giving anything away, yada yada yada. But it's like the first two are solid. I think like the second one they they. They all get a little bit weak. I haven't seen the new one. They get weaker as they go along for just because the first one was so great because it's making fun of the genre and, uh, and then they do, they do sequels and they're overdone, but then it almost starts to become that itself, right? But then it makes fun of that itself too. So it's 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 constantly like upping the meta-ness of the fact that they're making more and more. But the second one works well enough because it's... Um, it's the first time they're now being able to make that comment on the fact that they made a sequel. But then after that, it's just like, mm. then the tr- the third one, it's all gags about trilogies. And the fourth one they made way later, like the fourth one was made, I think 15 years after the original. And this one is now 25. And so at least that one was able to make fun of like reboots a little bit. And so now <laughs> I'm curious what this one's going to do. I have heard that this one's pretty solid so far. Like people are saying it's, it's, it's probably not, nearly as good as the original but it's up there in quality in terms of like freshness nice but the second one's really i i love 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 the second one and the third one just makes you feel like oh they kind of it's a different writer it's not kim williamson anymore it just starts to feel like a different thing uh but they're they're all enjoyable none of them are like unwatchable by any means uh but i highly recommend watching the sequel for sure uh, and then, and then, if you're into that, then keep on going because they're fun. I will. I will. I, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for the one where they start making fun of movies who are 
meta versions of themselves and just like eat the tail. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The only thing I'll ruin about the sequel is this, this, you'll find this out in the opening scene without ruining anything. Cause my son was asking, like, what's the, what's the general plot? And it says, well, Gail Weathers writes a book about what happened in, in these experiences and then make a movie of it. Mm. All right. I'm in. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm going to spoil one more thing. Cause it's, cause <laughs> I'm not going to experience you guys watching it. There was a throwaway joke in this movie where they talk about who would play them in the movie version. Oh yeah. And, and she makes a comment about, they'll probably cast Tori Spelling to play me. And they do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So it's That's great. Amazing. My good thing, Tori Spelling had a good sense of humor about that, that joke. <laughs> um, so yeah. So again, like they get, they get to have fun with that meta-ness and the idea. But then the problem, the only problem that comes out of that is then for the rest of the series, this idea that um, these movies that are commentaries on their real lives are now like tied to the franchise for the next couple movies right. in a weird way. They, I can't remember what they call them. What are the, what are the, in, the movies within movies called? They're called like Slasher or something. Uh, stab. They're called Stab. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes the Stab franchise. <laughs> also just a verb. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so smart. It's so funny. Um, but anyway, but that's all I'll ruin about the sequel. Uh, because, mostly because it's joke stuff. But um, uh, the fun. And I think the other joke that I love too is that the, 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 the Stab movie was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. I think is the other joke that they make because <laughs> he was part of the whole dimension Miramax family at the time uh, and then probably got them to sign off on it. And I actually think I, I, I have to look this up to be sure. I actually think they got him to shoot the movie scene, the scenes within the scenes of the actual movie, <laughs> but I might great. be, I might be wrong, but I think they might have occasion. Yeah, that'd be great if they did. I want, I'm, I'm saying that because I want it to be true, but I don't know if it is. <laughs> right. We can only hope. <laughs> yeah. Do you, even though, so I know ne- neither of you are like huge horror, horror buffs, but are there movie, are there movies in this genre that you enjoy? Or that, that are, are, you know, you liked as kids or you, you know, discovered as adults and, and are fond of? Uh, I I tend just to like, steer so clear of it that like i i couldn't even tell you like i mean obviously i i you know like my my as a kid nightmare on elm street that kind of stuff like uh was amazing but uh the one movie i love that's sort of like in the sort of ephemera of it is is the that 90s documentary american movie about mark borchard like trying to make his sort of like his 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 horror film i'm like yeah. such dedication and, and just such lunacy at the same time and i'm like i relate to this guy <laughs> that's such a great movie yeah uh how do you approach them before we end it dan how do you approach because you you scored horror movies so not being like uh you know super familiar with the genre what's your approach yeah. well it's great because it just it, it just like I get scared easily and, and like, it happens a lot. Like 
if, if if somebody like I was, I'd be on tour with my old band and they'd come home. I, I'd fall asleep in the hotel room and they, they'd burst into the room drunk and like throw it, throw a cheesesteak at me. Cause we're in Philly. I'd be like, ah, and then just start eating it. <laughs> so I just like, I'm, I just go f- pure emotion. Like, and, and, and a lot of it is just sort of like, the logic, you know, I get into the logic of like, okay, how scared should we be? You know, are we giving this away too fast? Are we not going with something too much? And it's it's just sort of like, um, it's kind of like doing a Sudoku. <laughs> I guess that's true. I never thought about that. It's almost better for people that do scare easily to make these kind of movies because they yeah. know where those moments, they know when something feels weird and feels yeah. off and it feels right. Uh, Dan? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a lot. My, one of my issues, uh, I, I have a real hard time remembering what movies I've seen. So I was literally looking at, at, at my letterbox list. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the, the typical ones, like I loved uh, Blair Witch Project. I thought that was that was that was my kind of jam. And uh, I, I think that's I, I watched that again recently. And I think that one that one holds up pretty well. Um, that one that one I, I do want to revisit with my son. But I think that one will legit terrify him because I I. I had nightmares for that movie days after I watched it. Yeah, it's a it's a legit scary film. I think if <laughs> if you're into that 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 found that found footage genre and and are affected by that, uh, another thing here that I guess it's a horror movie. Uh, Rubber. I don't know. The, oh, for uh, a second, Clinton, I was thinking. I was thinking of the uh, Robin Williams Flubber movie. I was like, "What? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> Rubber? What's Rubber? I don't know this movie." The uh, the Quentin uh, can't remember his last name. Where a, a, a tire there's a, a tire that comes to life and kills people. I you haven't seen this. No, it's wow. a, it's all, it also gets a little meta too, but I won't I won't spoil it past that. I I think it really uh, it, it's one that a lot of people you know love or hate. Uh, not a lot in the middle, I think, but. It's my kind of, uh, it's my kind of, uh, uh, for sure. Or of, yes, very much. I highly recommend that. And, and his, uh, I don't know if it was the next one, but, uh, he also made one called Deerskin, which, uh, which I like a lot. It's more, I think it's really horror, but it's violent and weird. Nice. Yeah. I really didn't, um, get into the horror movies until almost like my late twenties, thirties, because I was scared that I just had this residual effect of it. And then I just decided I'm like, I kind of want to watch these series and then I binged a lot of them. Like I, and I really like the Saw movies for some reason. There's something about the Saw movies mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed, even though I don't love like torture porn, but there's something about, like I thought they were, I think there was like the whodunit aspect that I enjoyed and there was a puzzle to solve. And I, yeah. I just inherently like movies that have that. And then I don't love the gore aspects, but I kind of put up with it because I'm constantly curious by what's going to, like how the ending is going to unfold. Yeah, I do think the first one of the, and I've seen probably most of those. I think I think the first one really does does hold up pretty well. I'm not not so hot on the rest of them, but yeah, they they're diminishing returns, and again, it becomes like Steve was saying, the snake eating itself as it starts to like explain how all this is still happening, even though like uh, spoilers for those who haven't seen the Saw franchise, but like they kill the killer halfway through the series. Uh, but then mm-hmm. somehow the murders keep on continuing because they are they also like you get you know f- smart and and play fast and loose with like 
and you realize, oh, actually, this sequel takes place between these other movies, and they don't explain the timeline up front. So you're constantly uh, going, oh, is like where is this taking place inside the overall timeline of all these movies? And you're realizing that anything could happen, and you could be here, you could be there. Uh, so I like that aspect because again, big puzzle to solve. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure if you like scrutinized it, it, it falls apart real quick. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, watching them for pure entertainment, there's something about the, anyway, something about that franchise always stuck with me. And the new one wasn't great, the Chris Rock one. Although I was super excited when Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson signed on because it's like they wouldn't do it if it wasn't going to be great. Like how? Why would they do it if it wasn't going to be great? And it was only okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, like, I, I did not watch much uh, scary stuff when I was a kid, and I, I, I hadn't thought about it until this conversation. I haven't thought about this movie in, I don't know, since I was seven or I don't know, whenever it came out. But a friend showed me uh, Monkey Shines when I was a kid, like, oh way, too, I way too the, young. I remember the poster. I remember yeah. the poster, and I've never seen it because it terrified me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's I, just, like, the poster, if I remember, is that toy monkey with, like, the, the, like the symbols, right? Uh, except he's holding a razor blade with blood. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I don't remember much about the film other than being terrified at, at that age, at least. <laughs> What's that movie about? The no monkey. one knows. <laughs> like, like, given that poster is the monkey, like, is it just ironic that they named it that and they use that imagery or is like, they're actually a robot. There's actually, there's actually a monkey. The, the uh, it, it's a, a service animal for a quadriplegic person in the film and then the monkey gets a little jealous uh as i recall and from what i'm getting from the uh from the description here but oh so it's a real that's darker so it's an so it's like jaws but with like a pet i wish i remembered i wish i remembered more maybe maybe a future uh black hole film i have i i'm in for it because this that's definitely a movie i've never i have like just like you said i haven't thought of that movie since i was a child but instantly, as soon as you said it, the poster hit me. Yeah. It's got Janine Turner and Stephen Root, Stanley Tucci. I, I did not know who any of these people were when I, when I, uh, want, when I, Oh, stop time. now. I'm just looking to see where it's, where it's streamable because this is definitely a movie. This would be a good Halloween movie for next year. I always do a couple, uh, a couple of movies for holiday Halloween season. Just again, for me to catch up on my horror films, but I also find there's a lot of people that are like us who avoided the hell out of them when they were younger <laughs> for various reasons were all mildly damaged. This is by no means a recommendation of that film. Oh, I don't expect <laughs> I don't it to like be. No, I, I'm, I don't expect it to be uh, amazing. I'm kind of hoping it's real terrible. Uh, it looks like it's rentable on, on iTunes and that's about mm-hmm. it. There's no streaming service that has it sadly, but mm-hmm. uh, Oh, George A. Romero directed it. What? All right, I gotta watch. I'm watching this thing. I'm set. I'll, I'll flag you down as, as invites for this pot, this future podcast. All right, sounds great. Show. Relive my childhood terror. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, final thoughts on on Scream. Scream is just a jam. Like I, I, I feel silly for avoiding it. Uh, like it's sort of the perfect that perfect sort of mid '90s kind of on the cusp of the you know, the internet age kind of thing. And I love just how, like, that sort of 
place in technology that it took place. Like the movie could only happen with those parameters of technology <laughs> where there's cell phones, but nobody, not everyone has them. They're kind of weird. And I love the fact that like, she's trying to like dial 911 on her computer at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, even the moment when they're in the police station, he's like, why do you have a cell phone, son? My son was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, that's, huh. It's like 25 years ago, buddy, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and uh, the thing I'll say that I love most about it is it's it's smarter than it ever needed to be, uh, and that's probably why it's so long lasting. And uh, you know, it, it was a fun puzzle to have to, to see unfold in front of my eyes. Nice. Dan? Yeah, you said it, you said it very well. I'm I'm embarrassed that I I avoided it for as for as long as I did. Uh, very, and I I will definitely. Definitely watch it again to see see what I what I missed uh, the first time. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of, and that's what I love about a movie like this too is it almost demands a second viewing so you can be like what like does this hold up does that hold up and it it mostly does like there's not a lot, and you get to go oh so and I'll, and play this game when you rewatch it figure out who's killing who and who's covering mm. up right and going who's the killer in this scene. Um, I, are, oh, that's a good one. And or are they both there? Right, because when you watch rewatch that opening scene, and he's like, "You have two doors to your house. Tell me which one I'm at, and if you're right, I'll, you'll live." If Stu and Billy were both there, then she would, you know, they were just fucking with her again, right? Like they would. Well, been- that's that's just dishonorable. That's just not right. <laughs> how can how can you do that? That's yeah. They were the lying. Only, the only other stupid, the rules. The only other stupid thing <laughs> that bothered me this time watching it is when. There's that scene of them in the in the little convenience store or whatever getting snacks and food for the party that night. And, and then it just shows a reflection in the ghost faces mm-hmm. running through yeah. the back. It's like, why? Were you really in the middle of the store with that like, get up on? It's like, what were you what, to just to, to scope her out? Wouldn't it be better just to be in your civilian clothes? Why would you <laughs> who what do you for what purpose are you doing that right now? That's the stupidest thing you could be doing. Was was that just supposed to be misdirection that it was Dewey because he said he was he was watching her keeping an eye know. on it? Well, and that's uh, why I think when I was a kid I thought it was I thought it was Dewey because literally the scene before the the sheriff is like, "Hey, keep an eye on mm-hmm. Sydney," and he drops out of the party. He's like, "See you later." I was like, either Dewey is really bad at his job or he's the killer and he's letting her go so we can come back and get her later. And yeah. I think it, but again, just Dewey's not great. At his job. He has a great throwaway joke too, where him and Gail are walking down the, the street and it's like, Hey, uh, do you know what the constellation is? And she's like, No, what is it? He's like, I don't know, that's what I was asking you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right, this guy's like a 25-year-old kind of idiot, like a man child. So uh, perfect. Yeah, it, it made me I it was really, really I was so excited when I found out you guys hadn't watched it. It's so rare to find a movie that that is so well known like this that people you know, smart, intelligent, wonderful people like yourselves haven't seen to be able to have a conversation like this. I try to collect people like this when I find out they haven't seen like a big iconic movie because it's so rare. Uh, so I appreciate the fact that you uh, you were silly and you and you took so long to get around to this. Well, my my two deck two and a half decades of loss is your gain. So I'm glad yeah. that I could help out. Well, you can get to <laughs> when you do want if you do watch the sequels. Please let me know what you think because I'm curious. Uh, how you feel about the diminishing returns but uh but but maybe at least right i'm I'm just setting your expectations super low so hopefully you'll come out going ah that's a bad yeah 
There we go. Maybe Scream 3 is my favorite one. <laughs> There's a person out there who I believe that's true for. And I want to meet that person and have a very in-depth conversation. <laughs> Please tweet me. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for joining tonight. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for having, having me. me. Yeah. yeah, and we'll do this again real soon. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for the original Scream. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.